Hey everyone, welcome to this special edition of New Freedom Live Weekend Edition. One thing I love about our community here in the Lebanon area is that we have so many churches that partner and work together. I've been in touch with no less than 12 pastors over the last couple of weeks, just kind of interfacing with what are they doing for their congregations, what's happening uh, real time for uh, church leaders. And so today I'm joined with my good friend, Pastor Matt Morgan of Fellowship of Praise. And what we want to do is just a little overflow of a conversation we were having just down the hall a little while ago. And you kind of get the feel of what a couple pastors are discussing and going through right now as we all together walk these uncharted waters. So uh, stay tuned, listen up. We're gonna have some great stuff for you. So Matt, one of the things I've really been impressed with are some of the videos that you've been doing recently to stay in touch with your people and even some of the props. It's been great. I saw a, uh, uh, I don't know, leaf blower falling from a tree the other day. But but it's so creative the way that uh, we as pastors have to innovate to really stay in touch with our flock right now. Can you just kind of speak to that a little bit of, of what you've been doing? Well, that that was kind of a fail with the leaf blower. I, I actually had that in a sermon one time, and it chased me off the stage. <laughs> uh, I've been wanting to put one on a skateboard just to see what will happen. But I, I think we have to go outside of the box, you know. So when I came along, it was just have a Bible and preach, you yeah, know. Right. And our church, we started so small, it was almost... I, I can almost say by how many switches you had to turn on as the size of your church. Ours was two. But uh, today, I think you really have to reach people where they are, engage with people where they are. and No doubt. And, and we just have to be creative and right. uh, have that opportunity to connect with our people, especially when we can't be there live with them. Absolutely. And I see a, a lot of uh, um, opportunity there for the church Absolutely. to reach that digital world. That's where everybody's at. So that's where we need to be as well. It, it's funny because we had a campus in Middletown and I preached a sermon. I was trying to do the satellite thing and it wasn't working for me. Um, I don't know why. It works for so many people so good, but it wasn't working for me. And I remember preaching a message over there and my son was there. And I think it was because it was 18 minutes, but he's around the same age as Noah, your, your fine young Noah. But he said, Dad, that's the best message you ever preached. And I thought that's probably not even in... In the halfway mark, you know, as far as messages, but it's that that age. It they they see things different. They understand things different. And uh, I like these fresh eyes you have all around you. You're surrounded by young people, yeah. and uh, I've tried to surround myself with young people yeah. because they have a whole different perspective, different eye. Yeah, I was listening to Brian Houston of Hillsong be interviewed not long ago, and he was talking about staying relevant from generation to generation. And they said, how did you do that over 40 years? And one of the things that stuck out is he said, because we've always brought teenagers to the table and given them a stake and a voice at the table. And I think that that's powerful because we can get a little bit stuck in our tradition or stuck in our ways. And it's important to bring the uh, new generation, not just along, but bring them as part of the team and make sure that we're hearing what that that, uh, voice is speaking. Um, what what have you just been feeling and thinking and, and just kind of processing through with all these changes that we're under? I know there's a lot of anxieties in people. Um, there's many decisions we're making on real time, day to day. Things are changing. Um, what what are some things that you've you know just kind of drawn to recently to, to bring hope in these uncertain times? Well, fear is a spirit. You know, God said I didn't give you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, sound mind, and um, 
I'll be honest with you, I, I've been afraid. Mm-hmm. I mean, I Too. think anybody said they haven't been afraid, you know. I, I've, maybe they're not living in this world. Right. But we are, we are at a place, we are in present history. Yeah. Present history right now good. is something that will be historical. Nobody's ever experienced this. So nobody has really the game plan of this. I went through Hurricane Hugo in the south, and I can remember that, two weeks without power, um, one week without water, and I'll never forget that. But this is so different than even that, uh, and this is world, this is global, and so I want to be on the right side of history after it's all said and done. I, I don't want to be what I'm not supposed to be, and I want to be what I'm supposed to be. So as a church, we, we've always been the pillar of truth. So we have to speak truth. And sometimes we, we go into our pulpits with shaky knees ourselves. I mean, because we're human and because we have mortgages and because we have children. Mm-hmm. And, um, but one thing that has happened with me has been a word. My pastor, Pastor Cletty Keith in, in Kentucky said, recalibrate. It has been a recalibration because for me, I've gone back to why, why did I ever get in ministry? What, I mean, what was that all about? And I know God was speaking to me. I didn't get in until I was 28 years old. I, I graduated with, with a business degree. Mm-hmm. I had started a business career. and uh, uh, But there was something that God said, souls. And and I thought, as a, as a church planner like yourself and as a church builder like yourself, uh, we can sometimes get too married to the church that's us. That's our identity. This has recalibrated me where that it's not so much about marrying a, a, a church, but, mm-hmm. but what does God want for us right now? And, and to express that hope to others because people see hope. Hope attracts people. Yeah. You know? and, and when you encourage yourself in the Lord like David did, then your army comes. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's good. I, I think of the call of Abraham how that God told him just to go and he wanted some more direction and he wanted more specifics and God said, you'll know it when you arrive. (laughs) (laughs) And I think if we can anchor ourselves back in that call and not just as pastors are are we called, we are called as pastors, we're called as husbands, we're called as leaders, but um, all believers are called unto the Lord. And so we can go back to that call, that first love, as Revelation tells us, to return to that first love. And I think that can bring a lot of hope when we have uncertainty, when Abraham didn't know where to go, when he wasn't sure if he was in the right land and came through all kinds of troubles. But in that uncertainty, God was still there. God was always there. And I think that's what um, our people really need to know and hear from us as leaders is that we don't have all the answers. We do feel the same anxieties and fears that, that creep in as they do. Uh, but what we can point to is that God's always there. Absolutely. You know, when you said Abraham, I, I always, when I hear that passage you were, you were t- referring to, I always think of a compass, you know, how north, south, east, west. God said to Abraham, he said, look you northward, southward, eastward, west. He said, you can look any direction, and wherever you go, wherever your feet tread, he said, where you go, I will bless the steps of a good man or ordained of the Lord. So even during this, wherever we go, if we're in God's will, if, if we're trusting him, I think he's going to help us. You know, I don't know if you've had this thought really as far as, as where we are as a church. I mean, what, what if? Well, what if we were in Nazi Germany? Mm-hmm. What if? I mean, what, what's more important, having church service or, 
or helping people or, or doing fulfilling the Great Commission? What's what's the most important thing? And um, I had this thought. I thought, what if the church had to be repurposed? Mm. You know, we're asking other manufacturers to repurpose to make breathing machines or whatever. What if the what? If, we've got a lot of space. Yeah. And you've got a lot of space. Yeah, God's you know, what if, what, if, what if it had to be a hospital? What if it had to be a triage unit? Mm-hmm. I mean, how, how better of a place mm-hmm. than, a, than a place that's been anointed, that's been touched by God? Mm-hmm. Well, I just want to share from the Word of God here a, a verse that has really settled my heart. And it's, it's one that maybe seems a little obscure for settling, but is Psalm 10. The, the first verse says, why do you stand afar off, O Lord? Why do you hide in times of trouble? We've been uh, preaching through the book of Psalms here at the beginning of the year, and the Psalms, I love them because they're just real, they're raw. It's one follower of God expressing their heart to God, just in, in the most simplistic way. And I think at times it does feel like God is hidden. It, it does feel like, where's the Lord in, in trouble? Uh, but Psalm 11, the very first verse of that says, In the Lord I put my trust. So from one psalm of saying, Where are you, God, in time of trouble, to the next chapter, and we are going to get past this chapter. There's going to be another chapter after this. The very next chapter says, In the Lord I put my trust. It's powerful. I preached probably a few years ago the Hallel. Well, one of those is Paul and Silas in Acts 16. When they begin to sing psalms, hymns, spiritual songs unto the Lord, and the and the doors open, mm-hmm. you know, it was it was singing that. I think it starts around one eleven through one sixteen. Okay. But one of the most interesting ones is to me is what's happening next week, Passion Week. Yeah. If you ever put much thought to Jesus, you know, with his disciples, and the Bible said, and he sang a hymn. Mm. He's singing one of the Hallels. Oh, that's neat. And, you know, I don't know what. American Idol. I don't know what Jesus sounds like. <laughs> what if he had a bass or a high tenor voice? But he was singing one of those those psalms, and and the psalms are so great, so encouraging because David is so vulnerable. Yeah. He lets us know exactly where he is, and and even even through hurt, through pain, these things that we're dealing with are really not all that. Uh, uncommon. We have seen throughout human history, there are challenges to get into the presence of God as far as the external forces that that kind of want to inhibit us. And so to hear a psalm of of talking about getting to that place, but then when they finally reach the, the pinnacle, when they get to Jerusalem, when they get to the place of God, and I think for all of us as we're having to make these changes, it's not a building. It's not a geographic location, but um, you know, just this past Sunday, I was able to sit with my family in our living room and watch our service. I'm watching sure. myself on, yeah, on screen with my family. It's just a different world, but that's the place of God. That's where God is. Especially for you and me, because we're usually on the other side of that. Exactly. So, so to be able to view it, it. Uh, has really been eye-opening to me. I see a lot of things I want to change. But, you know, Zion, as, as, they, as they approach Zion and they're going up and they're praising, and then all those chants, well, His mercy endures forever. His mercy yeah, endures forever. Well, even right now, His mercy endures forever, forever. And so uh, He's going to be with us through this whole thing. He's going to take care. Forever thy word is settled in heaven, thy faithfulness is unto all generations. And so He's going to be with us through this whole thing yeah. um, going up the Zion going you know David said I, I was glad 
when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Uh, man, I cannot wait. I will be glad yes, when we can open the physical doors <laughs> exactly. of our buildings mm-hmm. and go into the house. And I believe this will incite a hunger mm-hmm. out of people that haven't had it. Yeah. You know, you, if you want somebody to want something, take it from them. Exactly. If you want somebody, if you want somebody to be hungry, start eating in That's front good. of them. Well, and Pastor Matt, don't you think that it is a, a wake-up call of all the things we've taken for granted? It's been so easy to just put off going this week or, uh, well, I've got something that I need to attend to. And so when that's been taken away from you, then that desire, that thirst begins to be like, you know what? I didn't even realize what I was missing, but that fellowship is what I'm missing. You know, the people of God gathering in the name of God in a place of God under the the banner of worship and and the, the message of the word coming forth is just something I think we've taken for granted. We've not been in a, a nation where it's illegal to worship or to assemble or to gather. And so many of our um, friends around the world are in the persecuted church. You see that uh, here, here reports that the church is in revival in places like China and Iran where under threat of death, they can't assemble and worship. And so we are taking a respite and a break because our government officials are encouraging us to do that and we want to uh, be good citizens and we don't want to spread yes. things. But what happens when we do open those doors back up, I think you're right, there's going to be that pent-up hunger of people to want to gather again and, and have that, right. that koinonia, that fellowship. Absolutely. And we're going to learn from you with your setup here because this is all, this is the best that we can love right now. Yeah, that's right. And we're doing the very best we can right now. Yeah, that's right. You have a scripture or something that that you would like to share with yeah. us? That, you, know. you know, I was Zechariah nine and, t- and nine verse twelve. Uh, it says, "Return to the stronghold, mm. you prisoners of hope." And then God said, "I declare, I will give you double." Mm. I mean, so think of it. We, that's what we do. We start thinking memories of all the things we had. Mm. But God said, "Return to the stronghold. Who, who is the stronghold? The fortified city, God." You know, he said, return to me. And then he calls us prisoners of hope. We have a hope, not of this world, but of God. And God's going to reward us. I mean, he's going going to take care of it. I love that word return. I think that uh, so many uh, weeks in going through the Psalms, we have seen the theme of turning to the Lord. And just again and again, and the word repent comes to my mind. It's the same, it yeah. is the goodness of God yeah. that leads us to repentance. So often I think that repentance, especially in, in the churches that, that I grew up in, I know very similar for you, it was uh, that repentance was like a hard message that you just you wrangled people with. But I've come to see repentance as such a gracious message, such a way that God is drawing us back to Him and we turn to Him and so I think this is not just a U.S. of A. return. I think this is a global, you said it earlier, a worldwide problem that's going to take everyone getting involved uh, to, to make their difference, make their part. And could it be that this is really the embers of revival that we've prayed for for many years of this great return? I love that word. You you're you're stirring up my heart right now because, you know, in the Old Testament, the word return is repent. It, it to turn, to yeah. t- come back, you know. And all of that return, God said, you return to me, mm-hmm. and I will return to there you. You, you know, and I do believe repentance, just like you said, that's what was stirring. It's like, Same. it is yeah. it's sweet. It is sweet. Repentance is sweet. It's, it's, it, it can't be explained, only experienced. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's sweet because 
that means that everything is is gone. I've seen people in court. You have to. You've gone with people to court, and I've seen people before that gavel drops. And man, all the worry, all all the concern. All you know, what's going to happen to my family? What's and then I've seen people. I've seen them be exonerated, or you know, not guilty, mm-hmm. and the gavel drop. And it's like if you took their whole life, you say this is the most cheerful moment of their life. And it's it's horrible. We're in a courtroom, yeah. you know, and and whatever it is, your resources, your finances, your family, all of that coming together to this one place of convergence. But when when he says no, you're free, mm-hmm. you're exonerated, you're that's what repentance is. It's mm-hmm. when you lay it before God. Nobody ever repents before God, and he says, mm, pushes it back, right. says no, no, no. <laughs> no. you know, it, it it is immediate. That's, yeah. that's the beauty of it. it yeah. Everything else in life is so remote. You know, you have to work for it, strive for it. But the work's already been done. The heavy lifting's been done. Yeah. You know, Jesus already did it. So repentance yeah. is just sweet. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, that, that's awesome. And if I could just bring some hope to somebody, like Pastor Matt was saying about that, that verdict that comes down, we don't have to suffer under the anguish of mind that the verdict is going to be that we're doomed. Uh, mm-hmm. The verdict is that Jesus took our place. The verdict is that He paid the price for us. Our part is simply by faith, like all of us come to the Lord, by faith, not works, not our righteousness, but by faith we say, I accept that. I receive that. So if there's any hope that you can draw right now in this moment is just to cast yourself on the Lord. Like the psalmist said, in the Lord I will trust. It's putting that transfer of all those anxieties, any kind of hopelessness, it's transferring it onto him and saying, you are my sacrificial lamb. You are my scapegoat. You are my savior and my Lord. See, there's a difference between a savior and a Lord. Savior just got you out of the fire, but your Lord says, now follow me. Now give me your life. Now surrender and turn everything over to me. So your hope is only going to be found in your surrender to the Lord. Pastor Matt, would you just uh, pray for us, pray, pray some hope, just whatever the Lord put on your heart, would you just uh, pray, close okay. us in prayer? You know, the Bible says in Psalms 34 that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and He saves those who are crushed in spirit. Uh, I, I, I think you can't go through life, life's full contact without a few bruises and scrapes, but to be crushed... Um, maybe you've experienced that crushing. God said, I'm right there. It, it merits His closeness, that He is right there with us. And so let me just pray with you right now. Maybe maybe you haven't experienced what Pastor Joe talked about, and it's so beautiful to talk about that forgiveness, you know, that repentance. We come before Him with the only thing we bring. The only thing we bring is our sin. Um, all of our good deeds aren't good enough. We're not good enough. Somebody said we're not good enough, but He's God enough. And so we bring that before Him. I want to pray with you right now. You're, you're experiencing fear. Uh, pray for a settling, for the peace of God to come in. That doesn't mean you, you understand it, you have all the answers, but it just means that it's settled. It's, it's in God's hands. So Father God, we just come before you right now, and we believe that you are faithful And we believe that you are good. You are a good God. And you love your children. God, I just ask you to help us. Lord, you see that us two pastors right here together. 
and we're interceding for our churches and, and, and for lost souls and, and for communities. We're believing that God can do something during this time that we've never seen before. And Lord, we're at a historical moment. We're at a, at a point of convergence. We're at a place that we've never been before. We don't have a blueprint. We don't have an instruction manual. But we need God. And you have always helped people that need you. So we ask you right now, Lord God, move. Drive out fear. Perfect love, cast out fear. Drive out fear. Drive out insecurity. And Lord, save souls. If you call upon his name, you'll be saved. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. 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 Hey, thanks so much for tuning in. If this blessed you, would you just like us on whatever platform that you're watching? Would you share this with a friend? Encourage somebody. Just put this on your your feed, your social media, and let somebody see the hope that is found only in Jesus. God bless. We'll see you soon.